Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-hosts, Mike Connolly. Hello. And Tara Connolly. Hi there. Sunday evening, we just uh, sat down for a nice listen, but before we get to that, I guess we can talk about what we've been listening to lately, huh? Absolutely. What What have you been uh, checking out, Gray? Uh, just a couple things. I've been pretty busy and, you know, edited the new episode, all that stuff last little bit, so I... Uh, Got a few tapes in the mail. I got Machine Survival by the band Serration on Unrest Productions. As I'm uh, just tracked down a couple things of theirs I was missing. Uh, just as good as all the other stuff. No surprise there. But, uh, you know, Power Electronics duo out of Detroit. Very cool. And uh, I got a body carve tape in the mail that was uh, available at Summer Scum. And I uh, it's quite good. Just thick nasty old school harsh noise lots of texture um other than that i haven't been i haven't been playing too much what about uh what about you two we've been we've been checking out some stuff uh we the other day kickstarted our morning in a perfect way with a classic album kevin drums imperial distortion oh yeah fantastic great way to start the day wasn't it it actually absolutely was. It just sets yes. it sets the tone, sets the atmosphere. It's so it's so great. Um, also, was checking out the new the newest Murderous Vision CD, Voided Landscapes. Oh yeah, Gray and I got a chance to see uh, Murderous Vision last or earlier this year. Earlier this year, yeah. The CD is amazing. Yeah. Um, it just it's he he just does that great dark ambient noise industrial you know. Just moving in all directions, moving in all these areas, um, you know, masterfully. Uh, a stalwart of the Midwest death industrial dark ambient scene. Yeah. Really. Murderous Vision's been around for a long time. And he was great. Uh, or they were great um, when we saw him earlier this year. Yeah. Um, that was the show. That was when uh, Nod played also so that was when we talked to grant yes about the storage record yeah, absolutely yeah it was that was a really fun day yeah I, I got the cd and i i listened to it uh when i got home but i i haven't popped it on a minute it's actually sitting by my cd player right now so tomorrow morning i'll throw it on throw it on throw it on it's it's so so good um we were checking out the the haters double 10 inch 40 while we were preparing for the episode with gx oh yeah and what else were we listening to the new slogan CD. How good is that? It's a, it's great. I think all three of us will safely say it's one of the best CDs of the year. Yeah, it's. It was phenomenal. Nothing ever. Nothing ever, and it's, uh, it's not the full frontal assault of, of sort of the recent years of slur. What I think of like kind of the more modern slogan sound. It's almost like music concrete, uh, like crazy weird soundscapes and ambient sounds and loops in the background with his with his voice over it. It's really cool. The the noise is really creepy. Yeah, it's it's very much it's a it's a totally different kind of sound than I'm I'm used to from him these days. And the vocals are so negative. But it takes it's, me back to some of the he's old. He's very stuff. upset. <laughs> it is so so negative. I deserve. Oh man. So yeah. Uh, no. Uh, we can't. We can't say enough about the new, the new slogan. Sparked a lot of slogan nostalgia. Yeah, absolutely. Been been going back and checking out a lot of a lot of the old stuff too. And I, mean, I know Gray's been a long time slogan. Oh fan. yeah, absolutely. One of the first sort of projects I got into when I was getting into power electronics. Yeah, and and some then yeah, and, and again some of those early tapes just sound better than ever. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's that's kind of been the the main stuff we've been listening to. I would say. Anything else that you can think of? Nope. And then tonight, we sat down, and uh, it's hot here in Los Angeles, so we're recording in my home studio again. So we sat down on my couch, and we listened to John Duncan's Dark Market Broadcast from 1986. Uh, originally a cassette on Cause and Effect, and out of Japan on... Uh, Beast 666. And then in uh, in 1990, there was a CD on Stall Plot, Stall Tape, and it was reissued as an LP in 2006 in a vinyl-on-demand John Duncan first recordings box set. 
we listen to the LP version, which contains all the material on the CD version uh, and cassette version, same same thing. And good <laughs> lord, <laughs> I think we were all pretty blown away. It's it's one of those things. It's in a box set, so I haven't pulled it out quite as much. You know, I keep all my box sets together, and I may, maybe everyone else is like this. Maybe y'all pull out your box sets all the time, but it's kind of sometimes it's. I don't necessarily think to go to it for one record, so they kind of sit on the shelf sometimes until you're like, oh, it's time to listen to this thing, and then I go through all of it and look at all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And this one has a DVD of in it of some of his uh, some of his videos, uh, some of his porn videos that he made and and uh, mutated. We watched those too. Yeah, we threw that on <laughs> silently just as a kind of a soundtrack for this, uh, or you know, the <laughs> video track, visual aid, if you will, <laughs> a video track for the sound. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and we man, were all blown away. Yeah, it was really amazing. I John Duncan is another one of those artists I came to kind of early on in my my noise love. One of my uh, maybe I've even mentioned it on the podcast. One of my sort of I wouldn't call it holy grail, but one of those times that I regret not buying something that I still remember twenty years later is a John Duncan CD, The Crucible, which is actually <laughs> that material is issued in this book that we were looking at earlier too that I have. That uh, Errant Bodies Press released about John's work, uh, but I, I collected a lot of his stuff early on, and the sound is just so powerful and so raw. And he's an interesting fellow, having like kind of come up in the L.A. performance art and L.A. FMS scenes in the seventies, and then gone to Japan and collaborated with some Japanese noise artists and worked worked in uh, porno, making porno movies, making soundtracks for porno movies, and releasing cassettes by noise musicians. And now he's living in Italy in a, an artist sort of commune, making art and still making work. Uh, he just had an art show in Los Angeles last year that was his first show since the 90s, I want to say, the first showing of his stuff here. And... God, it was it was really cool, and it showed, it showed a whole history of his work and stuff. I mean his his early his early pieces, his early kind of performance pieces are, are pretty mind blowing to read about. Uh, the one I the one that I really the one that really like got to me was scare. Scare is a oh my terrifying it's, concept for a oh, performance. Can you imagine if he was your friend? <laughs> yeah, I he know. just I don't... shows up randomly on your doorstop one night in a mask, and then shoots blank bullets, and yeah. then runs away. Yeah, that's he. He would he would go knock on his friend's door. They would open. He would shoot it with shoot. I mean, come on. Yeah, he talked about that. He he did a gallery walkthrough at this thing, and he talked about scare. Obviously, there's a big photo of him in like his uh his jacket and the mask and the sort of like oh, stocking. It's, and cap. it's terrifying. It's, it's terrifying. Completely <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> I think ideal ideal made patches of that image uh some years ago and it's yeah that mask is just terrifying and the thought of answering your door to that uh of course another infamous piece by him is the uh blind date yeah and i think i think when you know when john duncan comes up blind date inevitably does come up because it is his most infamous piece it's so it it i mean really it's it was a turning point for him yeah, in his career he had to leave in he, his he, life yeah yeah, yeah for everything yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and if you if you're not aware, of Blind Date, um, you know he he went down to Tijuana and procured a a female dead a dead body, a, a female cadaver, and uh, the piece was to have intercourse with this this cadaver, and and then and record it. Yes, and record it, and then uh, get a vasectomy. Right, because he wanted his. Last live seeds to be spent on the cadaver. Yeah. yeah. But I do, I do I mean, feel like. That would mean, wow. Yeah. That's, that's an intense. I feel like if we're going to talk about this, then I should give <laughs> one of his quotes about how he felt about it. Because Please, it's, it's so much deeper than it sounds because he, um, the entire performance was, had so many layers of being introverted and having self-loathing and trying not to, um, Well, anyway, here, let me just, I'll just read a John Duncan quote about it. He said, it inspired him to, to really go profoundly into my work and into my art and into what it is to be alive. The moral issues are a distraction. Some people need these issues in order to justify the sense of outrage they have. 
It keeps them from really looking at themselves. Some people need that. Some people need that protection from themselves. So in, uh, that's a great quote. That's sad. That's so cool. In, uh, in the year 2000, John Duncan came to Windsor, Ontario, which is just on the other side of the Rouge River from Detroit, where I lived at the time. And a friend of mine, Prevere, was visiting from uh, Toronto, and we went to see John Duncan. He did three nights. He did a sort of slideshow and Q&A one night. He did a installation during the day uh, called Voice Contact. And he did. He performed uh, live at night. Uh, I can't remember the exact order of those things, but it was across two or three days in Windsor, uh, sponsored by the College of Art and Art site there. And me, this is this is nineteen years ago. Me being, uh, I don't know. I guess I was being a little cheeky. We were doing the Q and A, and he was talking about Blind Date, of course, because if he's talking about his work, that is going to come up. And so during the Q and A, I asked how much it cost to have sex with a corpse thinking thinking it was like a funny question uh his answer i has stuck with me ever since and he said every day of my life wow wow that's amazing and that's true and that's and absolutely true best answer i mean yeah. like i it, i was like oh <laughs> i yeah. don't think i was ready for that answer oh, to actually wow. think about the implications of what you know what that does to a person. Well, yeah, because I mean, this is so basically after that performance, he was you know more or less run out of town, run out of run out of the country. He couldn't show his art in the United States anymore, especially not Los Angeles. He had to leave the country. He was pursued legally, um, and then he lived in Tokyo. And that's and kind of starts. You know, yes, exactly. And so he moved to Tokyo, and that kind of starts. Uh, you know, the uh, zone that just a are, cu- couple are, years later, he yep. makes dark market broadcast. Yeah, exactly. And so he had been in, in Tokyo doing his label AQM, putting out his own releases, as well as stuff by people like Makawa from Incapacitance, Hiroshi from CCCC and, and Astro and, uh, you know, among others. Dark market broadcast was not put out by him, but. It, it, but it but it has all the hallmarks of his design the 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 typeface the just the presentation and stuff like that. Gosh, I mean, it, it's a handsome tape. It looks so good. It looks really so good. good. And that's that was on Cause and Effect, which uh, also did that Mertzba Ushi Tra tape. Oh. Yeah, yeah among, among tons oh, of other amazing of other tapes, looks so good. But man, this this album just starts off. It starts off with just a great raw loop. In, in the track called Dance. Yeah, there's sort of a weird kind of crash in start, and then you just get this weird repetition and voice loop, and it does its thing, but it's, it sounds so cool. There's so, all of the sort of loops or rhythmic elements, of which there's a lot of sort of, if not rhythmic in the sense of, you know, a whatever, more of, more of a loop or cyclic kind of sounds, they're all a little off kilter, a little unsteady. There's a lot of saturation going on in all the tracks. So like some element will get too loud and kind of blow out the others. So you can't hear them. There's a lot of interplay between elements on this stuff. And dance actually starts off a little more simplistic than some of the other tracks get, but it's a great intro to the, to the album. I, I, for me, my heart, I felt like my heart was racing. I felt like my heart was racing through like the nighttime Tokyo streets, you know, because, you know, dark market, you're just, I'm at Tokyo, I'm in, I'm in Tokyo at night and, 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 you know, a big part of what he was doing around this time was pirate radio and pirate TV. So he did, was doing these broadcasts over pirate radio for, probably for who knows how many people heard it yeah you know, maybe no one heard some of them i think you know they said I mean? he had to do it for like 12 minute intervals or couldn't do more than two minutes for video and 12 minutes for radio because he didn't want to be found so in the middle of the night you would just hear this broadcast for like 10 minutes and then it's oh, gone oh, how cool is that so like to, it's me, wild. This, to me this track is like racing to like get to the broadcast like <laughs> you know but it has that it's man. ominous it's just yeah. it, you feel like like whatever is happening, it's it's not going to be like um, sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we progress any further into the album, uh, perhaps a small disclaimer because 
as oh, with right. our oh, as right, with right. our note sheets. I break down usually the number of tracks with the name and the times. There's no distinct times for these. The CD version has four track indexes on it. The LP has maybe two noticeable uh, like banded groove track breaks or areas where you can tell it's a new track. And there are nine pieces on this uh, album between the two sides. So aside from knowing where the side split is, we, we might be talking about a track and that's not the right name for it. Uh, if you've got detailed times and a way to back it up, email Mike at noise extra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and, and don't go by iTunes because it's totally different than everything we just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. But yeah, also yeah. Uh, email Mike at noise <laughs> Hey, but I actually will say, I will say just to people who do write something, even if we don't get a chance to respond, you know, we do take a lot of, um, you know, the different different things into consideration that, that we do get written and any corrections or, or new information, you know, we always do love. In fact, uh, real real quickly, we should go ahead and say someone did um, uh, uh, post something on, I believe, our Instagram um, talking about the the uh, Mechtpia word uh, from the MB episode. Oh, that was album. exciting. Yeah, possibly being the... Uh, Cyrillic, Cyrillic alphabet spelling of menstrual. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. So that's what uh, one of our listeners uh, uh, came up with. So thank you for that. Uh, we really appreciate that. But, you know, we do appreciate any, all the um, all the feedback and all the, the new information. Even if we don't get a chance to respond, we are, we are checking it out and we appreciate it. We read it. We talk about it amongst ourselves and we'll try to mention it here uh, if, we, if we can. For sure. So... Um, yeah, so going, getting back into dark market broadcast, um, yeah, but so, so that, that, that intro is just really sets the tone, um, for what we're going to get. And what we're going to get is a incredibly varied, unique, unlike anything else noise record, but exactly what you want to hear noise record. <laughs> it is from 86. It is of the era of sort of. It's not harsh noise, so it would be sort of a more industrial noise take on it. There, like I said, there's lots of looping kind of rhythmic elements, uh, lots of playing with feedback and shortwave and strange tones, some great drones, uh, and it's kind of a motif through. But it is, like Mike said, just a really varied and uh, nuanced record. So we come up to the second track, and Tara had some information about the title of this and how to pronounce it and what what uh what it's a reference. Well, to. it's Quanam, which is Guanyin, um, who's the Bodhisattva of Compassion. So she's in Vietnam for this instance and in spelling, but also India and all over. Also known as the Green Tara. That's why I love her so much. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, and but we didn't. This one, I think we were all kind of divided on what track, what <laughs> happened in this track, um, because I think I thought it was longer than it was, uh, but. What did you have? What, 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 what did you have? What do you it? imagine this track to be? At first, I thought it was just the sort of the quick drone after dance. There's kind of like a minute of drone there. But now I think that was the beginning of this piece. And then it goes to that sort of punctuated cyclic thing. And there's, there's a kind of a weird grinding drone under it. And these layers of speech that sound. Uh, that's the wrong one. No, isn't it? Yeah, no, it had like chanting and loops. The layers of speech, yes. Mm -hmm. but I was thinking of uh, I was thinking of the speech in the next. Oh piece. right, right. But 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 that is that's what I was thinking. The track was was the, the that heavy drone into the into that just really jarring loop with the warped vocals, kind of like moving in and out and over and under it, kind of thing. Yeah, it's the the. The, it's slowed down speech or, or some kind of like affected, mutated or cut up speech. And yeah. Played at the wrong speed or played, you know, not by hand, but being being manipulated. And it kind of strips down towards the end and uh, and just kind of ends with a weird interruption. I really liked I really liked it. I, when I sort of realized that this was the Quanam piece, I was I was uh, kind of, I don't know, excited <laughs> that it wasn't yeah. just a, a quick short <laughs> yeah, drum, yeah. but that it yeah. took that it was a longer thing and it kind of evolved in that way. I loved it. I thought it was such a such a cool track, and I mean, yeah, you know, I think he's credited with basically shortwave radio and voice. I think is what is listed as like you know what's performed on this record. The the tones he pulls out of the shortwave radio. There's so much 
weird, grindy, nasty feedback and like strange machine beeping. It's damn, it's cool. (laughs) The variety of sounds is so vast. Like he has such a a wide palette. And when I found out that he mixed this all on a four track, like it's really crazy. Like like his, uh, it, it sounds like it has so many channels. It sounds like there's so many complicated things going on. Right, and but it is really just boiled down to this, you know, this just raw essence. Yeah, like spooky, nightmare, clear, um, beautiful vision. There's a, the, the next piece, phase, starts with this drum thump that's just a single, a single drum hit repeated is what it sounds like. It's actually one of the only, like, sounds you know it was you know kind of like a kick it's kind of has that kick drum sound yeah and it's the only real there's not much of that on this record that that's almost like a dis oh you know it feels like it is just like a kick it feels like it's a kick drum a pattern and before i noticed it there's some there's some layers of like spoken word sort of stuff that comes in but it has this uh military cadence to it well it's like yeah it's like the, it's like the chant it's like the um when they're when they're marching like a boot camp like yeah. I don't know. Da, 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 but there's several different languages yeah, going on. I and it felt like it, yeah. I didn't realize that it was uh, sort of boot camp, kind of drills, whatever. And then partway through the piece, you realize that that is what's going yeah. on because you hear some sort of some English and you sort of hear it's it's obviously that cadence and it is these layers of like military drills being run. And it's, but the, there's different languages, but you, the intent is the same. So you get this, you get the same vibe from it, even when you kind of can't figure out exactly what it is. And that piece is, it's just really cool. That's phase, I believe. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that sounds right. My note sheet. Yeah, we have a lot of arrows on all of our note sheets. Kind <laughs> a lot, of like, a lot I, of wait, question I, marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I drew five arrows in a border <laughs> <laughs> to, to cut some sections off. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow! It's so so far. I mean, we were already like pretty much high fiving and how good the record. Yeah, is. just 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 a lot of like, oh my god, this is this sounds so good. And I just think it. I don't know. It's something about it again. Maybe it. Maybe again, we were getting into this night vibe. It, it. We had the lights really low. It is night. You know, it's we. It. It feels. It's that hot summery, you know, night here, and it does feel like that's the proper type of night to listen to dark market broadcast you know it's lovely and unsafe i think those are two great descriptions of this record and of john duncan's work and 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 surprisingly sophisticated for what you're getting like you know the entire time i'm like just really amazed at how well everything fits together and like how the sounds mesh into each other like even not having the track dividers and everything just flows perfectly like, you know that he spent time making this precisely what he wanted. Yes. There's intent. It's yes. very deliberate. Yeah. yeah it does, it's doesn't feel like someone's jamming. It doesn't feel like it's just haphazardly put together. It feels very much. Uh, very it, much in line with, like, the MB that we just did. Yeah, just yeah. Like, then we come to the next track, which is, uh, and this is a guess, but I think he says the word head in it. And yeah. so I was like, oh, that's head. Okay, I think we great. all agree yes. with that. We're like, oh, this must be it's a head. Yeah, yeah. But that is kind of the most obvious use of shortwave radio at that point, And just John's voice. You, He's he's talking. He's Yeah. The, and, and the line that, that where he says the word head is he just says resting my tongue into a, into a granite head. On the, on the brink of shame from which no man ever rises, thrusting my tongue into a granite head. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We were just right. We were just on board, too. I think at, at that point we were all very so much on board. And then it and then it immediately it immediately cuts into just this pure noise section right after that quote and then just goes like right swarming into insect noise. yeah yeah like and it's kind of almost like the most first like real pure noise i uh, refer to it as a grotesque drone because it is like it's droning and that it's overloaded and there's sort of a note running through it or a kind of sound yes i definitely had the word dirty drone at some point i'm trying to see if it was there it's at some <laughs> point i did write down dirty drone yeah. because that, that is a, a lot of that it's that 
very crust laden drones. Yeah. And these, again, the, these, there's loops running through these pieces, but they're like, they're off. It's, it's kind of like what GX was talking about, you know, just the, the, you know, the, the loops that they, the, you know, they start to go out of sync and out of sequence. And then all of a sudden these new, new loops start, you start creating these new loops yeah. in from, from the way they start going off each other. And I love that. And that actually kind of goes to something you were, um, you were reading, uh, uh, something that John Duncan was saying about the listener, you know, kind of participating in, in, you know, being an active participant, basically. Okay. Uh, so this is a quote from John Duncan in 2005, and I know it's later than what we're doing, but I think that it kind of goes with everything that we talk about, um, or that we have when I'm here on Noise Extra, uh, and it's like this. Uh, when I started making art, I felt it was necessary to create confrontations, especially with myself and social conventions I'd always taken for granted, in order to learn from conflicts and grow as a human being. At this point, I can say that I've added seduction as well. When audiences stiffen their resolve, expecting to be shocked or outraged, seduction can be even more powerfully disorienting and equally effective to direct attention inward again, which in my case is the reason behind making the art in the first place. So I think that's a lovely sentiment that uh, he's making something so that you go back in on yourself and try to resolve all of your feelings that you have about that. Just like when we listen to these isolated tracks and you go back in and you're in your headspace and you have these visions and you start um, just thinking about everything you're experiencing. But I think he summed it up beautifully. And I think it also kind of talks to, you know, the experience you had by seeing him. Oh, yes. Um, like, what were your feelings when you approached a man nude in a room? Oh, well, <laughs> well we, I, it was spoiler. We yeah. haven't, oh, we yeah, haven't yeah, quite, sorry. Yeah, 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 you yeah. can knock that out, put we a marker in there. <laughs> we haven't quite gotten there yet. Oh, sorry. But, 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 no but, better time than right now, I guess. I mean, I think so too. Why <laughs> now? I think now is a great time. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so great. Actually, yeah. Go yeah, ahead and tell, tell us about, about your experience with John Duncan and his art. So, like I said, in 2000, I saw him do a slideshow and a Q&A and uh, a performance installation piece and a live performance. I also had dinner with him one night uh, because he knew my friend from Toronto. Wow. And the installation performance piece was called Voice Contact, and he's done that three times, uh, according to this Errant Bodies book that documents his uh, performance art pieces and some of his works. Uh, in 1998, it was done at the Lidmar Hotel in Stockholm, Sweden. In 1999, it was done at the Um Watari Museum of Art in Tokyo. And in 2000, it was done at the College of Art in Windsor, which is the one I participated in. There's a description in here of the piece which uh, describes the initial performance of it in 1998. So I'll read that here and then I'll tell about my experience with the piece. Awesome. Which the Connellys have heard this story before. Yeah, yeah, this is great. It's stick, a good one. Stick around, everybody. <laughs> a five-star luxury hotel. A long corridor leads to a luxury suite, watched by a uniformed guard. The guard guides you to a dressing room and tells you to undress completely. This is your first decision. To agree and enter naked or leave. If you agree, you walk through the door and find. The suite is completely dark, stripped entirely of furniture. An undulating drone makes it difficult to navigate by sound, soft whispering encouraging you to move forward into the room. And the accompanying photo in the book is just a black square. <laughs> <laughs> My experience was the same but slightly different. I... Went to the Windsor College of Art. I was led to a waiting room uh, there. I can't remember if you had to schedule it or it was just uh, certain hours it was being performed. I think someone else was in prior to me and I had to wait a few minutes, but not very long. I was led to a room. Uh, there was a large Tupperware in front of a full-length mirror with uh, like one light in the back of the room, I remember. I was told to undress and put my clothes in the tub. And to go through the door, there was a heavy, thick carpet over the door to start blocking out the light. And so you go through the carpet. And then there's another door. You open the door and you enter into the, the room. So I do. I take off my clothes. I put them in a 
Tupperware in a, <laughs> at an art college in Canada. And I <laughs> and I go through the curtain and I go through the door. Did you go socks on? No. Fully nice. No, fully. Yeah. Nice. Fully nude. I didn't know what the piece was going to be when I got there. I didn't know what would be expected of me, but the decision I made was to get naked and enter. I went inside. There was a large set of speakers set up somewhere around an entirely pitch black room with all the light blocked out and someone talking to me and it's John Duncan and he's there possibly I don't know uh saying things somewhat hard to decipher I don't remember any specific sentences or words at this point and I just kind of wandered around this room uh it could have been a classroom could have been I don't know what it was wow this empty lightless room for a while and the really intense awkward and uh vulnerable feeling of it is he there is he here is he in here with me does he have night vision goggles is he watching me is have his eyes adjusted can he see what i'm doing is he following me is anyone else in here is there another guest in here uh, wow. i didn't wow. know any of this so these are the things that you're thinking about while you're kind of feeling your way around an empty room uh, and after a point I decided I was, I, I was done. Uh, I'd, I'd had enough of whatever it was that I was getting there and I exited and put my clothes back on and, and left. Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> how long do you think you were in there for? Oh, it's really hard to say, right? Impossible to tell. How could it could have know? been three minutes. It could have been 30 minutes. I right. really like, I couldn't even say because. No, no track of time at all. There's, there's droning and whispering and I just, and you're naked walking around and all you've got is these thoughts in your head and these sounds in your ears. Wow. Uh, it's a really interesting form of like somewhat sensory deprivation, but in a state that you felt kind of vulnerable in, uh, yeah. That's so amazing <laughs> that you did that. Like, that's so cool. Like e even reading about it because you know, he was saying that part of the piece also was that people had the option to not do it. So you could get there and then decide not to go in. So then that's where your experience ends. But you still have that resounding feeling of what would have happened if I had gone in? Why didn't I go in? Should I have gone in? Did everybody else go in? So like all of these things that you're still going through, even without being there. And right. I love that you went in. I think that's amazing. Oh, yeah. I There was just no other option. Yeah. For me, it, I, it yeah. was I was going to do it. I was a big John Duncan fan at the time. There's, I got to get naked and go in this <laughs> this weird room at this weird art college. <laughs> sure, why not? After after you know, I was in Detroit, so I had to cross a, an international border. <laughs> you didn't have a passport. <laughs> to, to, not back then. Not oh, back okay, in 2000. That's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, at least he gave you the option, whereas his, his, his friends in the seventies who got the scare performance, there was yeah. no, <laughs> no yeah. option in scare. <laughs> There's another performance where people were locked in a, in a basement maze. I think that he did in the eighties as well. Uh, or maybe then I think, no, that was 1995 maybe. Um, yeah. So I have a slightly more intimate relationship. <laughs> I would with say, his, yeah, uh, absolutely. I would say maybe it's the most intimate <laughs> with, relationship. With would you say that this is a sonic reflection of what you experience? Uh, it was a lot more mellow than this record. This record's still pretty wild and out there. Uh, there's a, on the back of this, this errant bodies book, which I highly recommend errant bodies press, uh, critical ears series, volume three, uh, in collaboration with ground fault. This was made. Eric Hoffman. Eric Hoffman. Hey, hey. There's a quote on the back from our friend Jim Haynes that uh, was from Wire magazine. John Duncan is a rare artist who is totally immersed in existential research. His lengthy career of electroacoustic intensity and confrontational performance art events is the result of rigorous investigations into a number of arcane, metaphysical, and at times transgressive themes. Duncan portrays his work as a catalyst, inciting a transmission of energy through which he seeks to compel the audience to actively participate in the process of investigation and self-discovery. And that's yes. just, just the truth. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> that's so amazing. Getting back into the record, um, we come to the Wal Walpurgis Knocked. Did I, I kind of almost said that, right? Did I never say anything right? Walpurgis Knocked. I kind of, I kind of. Walpurgis knocked. Oh, there you go. There you go. 
Um, Bird just knocked. And this is just like a great churning, shifting noise piece that just constant. The, you, the throughout this whole record, your per, the perspective keeps shifting. That's very true. That's a that's a, an absolute thing I would say about this. It, your in fact, this piece I in my notes I have I wrote very few notes while listening to this one. It does what it does really well and and carries on for a while. And it's it's really it does change at some points, but it's really really great. And I wrote high blast, then crash to slow mo underwater. And then while listening longer, I wrote down the words crystallized hell. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. absolutely. And and and, and which that- is a stark contrast to the title. I mean, it's all Saints Day. Um, so having that like spring imagery, so it's like, you know, flowers and bunnies and that type of imagery, and then being presented with this, uh, it's 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 a stark contrast. And and for me, I, I felt that the sound was coming from beyond the steel gate. And so maybe Beyond the Steel Gate is a crystallized hell, uh, and that's what that's what's happening on this track here. Typically celebrated by bonfires and dancing, while Perkis knocked. There we go. And it's uh, I I loved this one. This is when I really started getting a lot of the cyclic, uh, sort of the interplay of sort of feedback tones and low drones and stuff. It, made me think of metal cylinders rubbing together. And that's a, that's a concept that I'll mention also in some of the later tracks. Oh, and there was something crunchy. I wonder if that was the fire. Oh, perhaps. or maybe it was I to did simulate a, fire, I, but there was definitely something. No, crunchy. I think there might be fire. I yeah, did get to exactly. a point in that track where the fire was ablaze. So the, there was a, there was a Walpurgis knocked bonfire going on here somewhere. Maybe, maybe it was trying to help melt the uh, crystallized hell that uh, we found beyond the steel gate. When, I wrote Crystallized Hell. I, I actually was very specifically thinking uh, in reference to a J.J. Ballard book called The Crystal World. It's about this island where everything is slowly uh, crystallizing, radiating, radiating out from the center. And it's like turning plants into these sort of geodes and gems and whatnot uh, mm. spreading outward. And it's overtaking uh, the the wildlife as well. And I, I think that this concept is sort of touched on in that movie Annihilation. If anyone saw that, I haven't uh, seen it yet, but nope. I have heard it's I heard it's great. But there's there's sort of something like that that happens in that movie that reminds me very much of this J.G. Ballard novel, uh, and that's sort of what I felt like is like there's all these intricate little pieces uh, inside this thing, and it's you're what you're seeing the the visions of hell you're seeing the visions of this sort of uh, dark celebration are all refracted and like through these prisms. Um, it's a it's a really cool track. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it, you know, we were definitely just it's kinda, beautiful and scary. I mean, yeah, and the whole this whole thing has a very ominous, you know, atmosphere to it. I mean, you know, the the entire album does, and this this track is no no exception. It is, you know, it is an ominous noise track. And. And very pleasant at the same time. Like well, somehow we keep talking about how hellish it is, but at the same time, it's very, it's very nice to listen to. Like it was, it was a fast listen. I think we were all like, oh man, already? Like the side one's over? It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's over an hour long and it's, it's great. Like we, the, the remarks we made while listening were pretty much like, wow, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We were overjoyed at how engaging it was to listen to. The, Phantom track starts with this very nasty feeling, tiny sound. That's it. Is it dripping? Is it walking? Wet. Is it wet? Is sticky. It, it is just a very mouth noises. You you just were saying how pleasant things have been. I would say this is a very unpleasant sound. <laughs> <laughs> not that I don't want to listen to it, but it yes, is not pleasant. It is. It's brief. It's uh. It is. It is brief. It is brief because then it cuts into this just, you know, just absolutely sick noise part. Yeah, grinding phased, uh, some sort of like electronic glass. Yeah, and this has this has like a dirty drone element to it, and it just kind of goes, and then but then it cuts. Well, there's there's a kind of breathiness too. I feel like this is uh, processed material from porno the pornography he's made or recorded. 
Oh, okay. Uh, that was like, well, the the kind of wet, sticky sounds, and also there's some breathy sounds towards the end of it to me that were like, mm. just moaning, breathing kind of, uh, yeah, mouth noises. Right. At this. It, it definitely felt filtered through like the radio or whatever the. Yes, music. I mean yeah. the thing about him doing pirate radio and using shortwave is. Maybe he's playing things back and recording them from his own radio transmissions to get that sort of degradation of signal. And he yeah. and he did do stuff like that uh, in L.A. when they would do radio shows. Him and him and Paul McCarthy uh, had a radio, great, amazing artist, Paul McCarthy, who John Duncan worked with a lot. Tara and I got a, a chance to see a really great Paul McCarthy retrospective in Belgium. Uh, Jeez, probably about 10 years ago now. Who can tell? Yeah. <laughs> but but they used to do a radio show and they would do stuff like that where they would, yeah, maybe be playing something live, maybe have someone call in, maybe manipulate that through the thing, you know, just, you know, constantly working with the, the um, you know, breaking any limitations that you have of, of using sounds. Well, and we know that with some of his pornographic film work, right, he would rent, he would make pornographic films, that's what he was doing for work, he would rent them from a store as a consumer because he wasn't getting involved in the end product. He was a, he was a director or producer or whatever. And he would then use that, those materials to rework, remix, collage, make these weird uh, sort of video collage pieces with pornography and still images and like strange color processing. That's so amazing. So it's not above him to take his own material, what a great process. process it through external sources that are sort of out of his control, not even like I'd put it on tape first and then ran it back or I ran it through another thing. It's like they're talking about like radio waves and renting, you know, kind of maybe beat up commercial porn VHS. And, yeah. stuff. I, and I love just recycling and re recycling and creating and recycling the thing you create. And it, 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 you, he's basically building this entire world. Engaging in that consumerism, too, I think is awesome. Right, because right. like he's not above it. He is he is participating in the same way that we are participating. It's like inviting us to try the same thing. Like, I'm sure he would never look down on that. I think his sort of a auto recycling use of his own material uh, goes to that sort of that level of introspection and self-discovery and self-exploration that is talked about. And I quote that, that I read and is sort of mm -hmm. a part of his process too, is looking into yourself and looking into things you've already done and reworking them and making them something else or asking why you did it or how you could do things differently or, you know, kind of trying to further explore the concepts once you've already finished something Re to reevaluate and reexamine and, and reuse. Absolutely. Um, so we flipped the record over and oh boy, we've listened to a lot of 27 minute noise tracks in our lives. No strangers. And, and no strangers mm -hmm. to that. And in, and yep. in, and in this year and, in, and this is, this is at the top of, of ones at least I've listened to in recent memory. This is just an absolute, stunning noise piece. This, the CD version of this is available, or the digital version of this is available on iTunes. It has the cover of the CD version, so, and the same apparent track break, so we'll assume that it came from the, the CD Yeah, phase. yeah. So this this one, uh, everyone can go out and listen to uh, immediately. Um, this after is Purge. Yeah. And you listen to this whole album, but th th this track in particular, I mean, wow. Just starts with a nasty stereo, this like wet crackling sound. Maybe back to the fire, maybe the water, maybe something. I don't know. Maybe just clicks. And it goes for a while. It and I like it. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of, it kind of creeps and crawls along. And and until you start to get this, this shortwave static, that's the only, this is another one of the times where it's like pronounced use of, use of shortwave. Uh, but it's great that it's an identifiable sound, but it's really nice. But then there's these sort of like awkward intermittent machine beeps they don't quite make sense. They're not, it's not playing anything and they're not the same each time. Uh, I found it very, very weird. And there's some really nice panning tones that come in partway through too, where you're like, you're already getting a nice stereo field with this kind of crackle, but now you're getting these, these, this tone that's shifting between the speakers. It's like tuning into every wrong frequency at once. It, it constantly is changing. Yes, and it and it never stays in one place for too long. 
and even sometimes you're like, oh, I could have, I could have, yeah, this could keep going, you know, don't, <laughs> you don't, no need to, no need to switch it up just yet. But, but again, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, 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 it keeps flowing. You keep, you keep, again, you keep your perspective keeps shifting. And I love that. And this is very water. I think like there's, there's that flowing feeling and all of it. Like, I, I envisioned metal cylinders. This is the one where I actually wrote that in my notes where it's like these things rubbing together. One of them's droning. One of them's kind of the higher thing, and they're they're resonating off each other. Um, and I even wrote you're talking about how it, it changes, but I, I wrote that it it breaks to different but the same. Like it changes, but the change could be the same thing that you're listening to somehow if you didn't know any better. Like it's I, I don't know how to better explain that it changes, but it's in the exact same vibe, but it's not the same thing. No, I, I actually I I kind of do understand what you're saying, and yes, it is hard to explain, but you're right. It, I do understand that. Yes. It, and it does kind of change back, but you're like, wait, wait, did that change back? And again, this is just this great sensory, you know, exploration that, that, that John Duncan is, you know, is, is so wonderful at. I kept having the image of grinding metal and there's, there's some moans that come in later too. I think, Maybe I just have porno on my brain. I missed the moaning, but <laughs> I, I don't think I noticed they that. Were, it was, they were distorted. There was a, like yeah, a, a distorted moans that were added into the mix. That's what I heard. I mean, I could, it, again, it could have just been some kind of grinding metal sound. I, the millstone metal cylinders and, and grinders were really imagery I was getting here, but it's not in the abrasive way, but in this way that they're resonating and ringing off of each other and, Parts are worn away, so you get these, again, these off-kilter loops that make new rhythms out of themselves. And it gets really, it, it breaks to, like, a rhythmic part that's really gets kind of nasty and out of control. It's just, again, machine, like, clinking, but it's 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 shaking itself apart again. It's it's That part broken. was very exciting. It feels like a lot of things are just disintegrating before our ears, yeah, disintegration <laughs> you know, it's it. just kind of like it's disintegrating, you know, at, while we're as this is That's happening. That's a great album title, Disintegration. <laughs> sort of back to the uh, the entropy through sort of sanding and, and grinding yeah. that GX was talking about. I, I wrote a <laughs> vacuum clicking. Vacuum clicking hollow drone because you sounds like you're in this nasty vacuum of space not like a vacuum cleaner but then you're just there's this overwhelming pressure kind of noise with weird clicking and uh and the drone is it's just that empty vacuum bag sort of sound to me yeah and and you know like we said this is just a great this is a this is a perfect noise track to get lost in and you could just you just put it on and you just just get lost that that's that's the that's the best way to, to really listen to this Ooh, other john duncan fun things like he went through a phase where he recorded infrasound and that's uh any like low decibel sounds that is under 20 hertz so like just like when we were talking about with gx like the ocean sounds that that might be the buzzing or the bloops and the bleeps and those unexplained sounds. He spent time recording those in the ocean. Uh, and then also had the um, really cool uh, Nazca transmissions where somebody sent him a track of what they had allegedly recorded at the Peruvian Nazca lines. Uh, and that's a phenomenal track uh, or phenomenal album. If you listen to it, it's really, really mesmerizing. When, and you also were reading about another thing he did with the, um, what is it called? The, the, uh, at Stanford, what, um, uh, the crackling was the name of the piece. Oh the, yeah. At the, um, at the particle accelerator. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that is such a cool. So it's not the piece. CERN particle accelerator. It's a different, um, particle accelerator that Stanford uses. And he spent years, um, actually miking different parts of the particle accelerator. And he wanted to, um, chart the birth of the electron, the decomposition of the electron, um, and then really kind of um, map the entire, you know, particle physics route uh, of the accelerator uh, and what it would sound like. And that is amazing. So he says about the crackling, the crackling, at least for me, is about the cycle of existence of a single electron 
formation, movement, propelled and accelerated by an external force, freed of it, caught and propelled by another to sudden annihilation and decomposition, giving immediate rise to another and change formation, a spiraling process that continues open-ended, a metaphor for life process in general, at whatever scale, subatomic, cosmic, and everything in between. Oh, that's just so incredible. Oh, so cool. I bought that CD off of him uh, when, oh, for real? when I met him, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, cool. And I, I mean, he, that's the thing is, is he's just, he's, he's talking about so many different things. And there's so many different layers and so much you can take away from all the, from all his recordings, you know, and he all, was and mapping all his scientists trying to find the Higgs boson particle. And that's literally when he was doing it was at the time where they hadn't found it yet. CERN did it, but so cool. He has dedicated his life to his art and process and, uh, be it visual art or sound art or research. Like he, he's really, it's what he, it's what he does. It's what he's been doing for so many years and he's thrown himself into so many strange situations it's hard to not have an immense amount of respect for the man. Yeah. He's just done so much and done it so interestingly and so completely. Um, it's really special. And then there's kind of a coda to end the record. Uh, it's a, it's an untitled track. It's a short track or feel sh- it felt short at least to me. Um, and it's just a great, just kind of low rumble loop. That rises and falls and then just cuts you right out. Some crystal electrons dancing in that piece. And uh, there's this kind of perfect high creep where the feedback is. I think we talk about this a bit in the in the crawl unit episode we did with uh, with Jim. But there's there's this, you know, keeping the feedback at bay, keeping it just completely under your control. And that, that happens in this where there's just this this creeping sound that's at the perfect level. And uh there's a, the sound of the tape saturation is really heavy here too. It's knocking things around and out of out of space, and it's that's really cool. It's a perfect way to end the record. Yeah, oh, no, no question. What a record! Well, I mean, we were all completely floored by this record. I can't, I can't say enough. Just... Great job, John Duncan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You you could safely say that uh, John Duncan has done a great job for the last. Uh, decades, uh, <laughs> <laughs> last yeah. multiple decades since before I was born. Since before any of us were born, um, and and continues to do amazing stuff. I can't wait to uh, dig into some more albums, um, dig into some performances, and uh, hey, maybe uh, maybe get a chance to talk to him someday. That would be a yeah. That would be a big goal. Um, wow. So yeah, so this is Dark Market Broadcast is uh, is available on iTunes, and we always say, you know, do that to support the artists and the label directly. John Duncan also has a Bandcamp, which I believe is just johnduncan.bandcamp.com. And johnduncan.org is awesome. There's so much stuff on there. There's interviews, there's videos, there's music. It's It's great. Yeah, so there you go. You've been listening to Noise Extra. I'm Tara, here with Gray and Mike. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. Thanks, guys. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, that's one E in all of those, and on Twitter at noise extra. That one has three A's. Thanks for listening to us and to noise.